0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Michael Bratton of That SEC Podcast. And Mike, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon?
1: Hey, doing great. Great to
0: have me. Well, absolutely, man. So we know that the regular season has come to an end. We know the playoff is all set. We know all of those things. But going into this weekend, we'll start with some of the things that I know you'll be interested in. And the awards, especially the Heisman Trophy, a lot of people feel like Caleb Williams might be the one that everyone's going to be putting their money on. But as far as that award goes, do you think it's Caleb Williams? Do you think there'll be any drama? Does it seem like it's a surefire thing? What do you make of the Heisman Trophy this year?
1: Yeah, John, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a little bit of a landslide. And I think it's unfortunate for a couple of reasons. But the main one is I think a lot of these people vote before there's even the conference championship weekends, which I don't even know why they should be allowed to. Do that. I mean, it, you should have to take the whole body of work, and it, that's not to say that Caleb Williams should have lost it for getting hurt in the Pac-12 championship game. He was come um, the first half. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see less voters, if that makes sense. People that actually cover the sport, and uh, it, it just based on everything I'm hearing, I I don't know that there's going to be it's so weird. Heisman is its almost like the preseason favorites. If they have one game where they misstep, they're out. And then it's who's hot at the end. And it was just one guy after another. And they kept falling off. So I think the last one was Caleb Williams. And even he fell off if you go through just championship weekend. But like I said, I think most of the ballots are cast before that. So I think he's going to be a runaway winner.
2: Mike, this is a quarterback-driven award, it seems, for the most part. You have – over the past few years had other players that have won the award. But uh, as far as the four finalists, do you think those are the ones that are most deserving or did they leave somebody out?
1: Oh, I definitely think they, lost, they left a couple people out, Joe. I mean, I'm a little biased. in my Tennessee Grant. I think Henry deserves to be there. I think even Bryce Young, I think he deserves to be there. I think you can make the case that Bryce Young was better this season than he was last season when he actually won the award. He just didn't have the help. He got banged up this year. But there's nobody in their right mind, and this is no disrespect to Stetson Bennett. I think he's a very solid player. I think if they win another national championship, he deserves a statue outside of Sanford Stadium. But nobody in their right mind is going to take Stetson Bennett over Bryce Young if you're just building a football team or if Georgia and Alabama can make that swap. So... No, I don't think Stanton Bennett should be there. I don't think he's the best player on his team. I don't think he's the best player on George's offense. I would even go so far as to say that. I think that's Brock Bowers, clearly. So uh, I think he's there because he's the, the quarterback on the best team and somewhat of a career award. Again, I don't think that's what the, the Heisman is intended to be.
0: So, Mike, I know another story we've talked about and something that uh, you were tweeting about and even talked with Feinbaum about is Bobby Petrino and the fact that he is being interviewed by Texas A&M as the offensive coordinator. It's so weird to me, though, because I didn't think he would ever want to be anyone else's coordinator, you know, work for anybody else. But it is happening. There at least is an interview. But what do you make of that move for Jimbo Fisher bringing in Bobby? And do you think it's realistic that he could be calling plays for the Aggies next year?
1: Well, I I love it on every level, John, because, I mean, it's going to be something where, I mean, they could legitimately win a national championship, I think, with that elite of a play caller and that talent and keep him off the motorcycle. I mean, it it could be that good, or it could be just an epic, epic disaster. I mean, there could be a fist fight on the sidelines of the next Arkansas A&M game. You know what I mean? So it, it could go from... Anywhere in between, I believe it. So I think that's exactly what A and M needs to do. They got to take the offense and the play calling away from Jimbo Fisher. And I assume that if they hired somebody, it was going to be another Daryl Dickey. I think they had to go to a, a disgraced—I guess is the right word—Bobby Petrino. You're not going to get, uh, you know, Garrett Riley at TCU because a guy like that on the up and coming is not going to step into a situation. Where you gotta believe at any point Jimbo can take those play-calling abilities right out from under him. That's not going to happen to Bobby Petrino. And if it does, we've seen it before. He'll walk out on a job in the middle of the season. So, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 beautiful. It's chaotic, and I I think it's exactly what a And M needed. And if it's not, it's going to be entertaining as it as the entire ship goes up in flames here in College Station.
2: So, what does this do for Petrino though? Because he's secure in his job as head coach, and we know that. Going into next season, Jimbo is going to be on the hot seat. Now, it is going to give it would give a boost to AM if they make this happen. But uh it kind of leaves Petrino in a bit of, of limbo if they don't have that success that they're looking for and uh if they somehow get rid of Jimbo. Well, no
1: doubt, Joe, but I mean all these coaches got massive egos. And Bobby Petrino could win the next three national championships or whatever division Missouri State's at and nobody's going to watch a single one of those games. You step into the SEC, he's, he's in the twilight of his career. you got to imagine he's only got a couple more years to go, I would imagine. This is an opportunity to uh, – obviously the NFL is the highest level, but the SEC is just a, a shade behind it. This puts him back in the spotlight. It's similar to Hugh Freeze down there at Auburn to a different degree. Gives him an opportunity to redeem himself. Never was able to, to win a championship. To my knowledge, in major college football, Bobby Petrino, that is. And, again, A&M gives you that opportunity. And I don't think anything Bobby Petrino was going to do at Missouri State was going to get him, let's say, the Auburn job. But if they win a national championship, if they win an SEC championship at a and I think he's on a short list to, to once again get a, a primetime head coaching job if that's what he wants to do one more time in the SEC.
0: I think you'll have a lot of Razorback fans sticking their heads in ovens if they end up being a great team down there in College Station with Bobby Vitrino as the offensive coordinator. So that'll be bad for Razorback <laughs> fans, but they got enough things going on in their world to try to figure out when it comes to coaching because the main one dealing with Barry Odom leaving for the job at UNLV, he's the head coach there. You also got Dowell Loggins maybe being reported as becoming the offensive coordinator there at South Carolina. So there's some moves being made, at least in the Razorback side of things. First off, what do you think of Barry Odom uh, leaving Arkansas. And also, who do you think they go after when it comes to the next defensive coordinator of Arkansas? Yeah,
1: I mean, obviously a tough loss. Uh, I think Barry Odom doesn't get enough credit for the job he did there at Arkansas. You could make the case he, you know, the last couple of seasons, he probably won him a handful of the biggest wins because of the, the adjustments and the game planning on the defensive side of the football. I realize the defense didn't live up to expectations this season mainly due to injuries, they just don't have the elite depth of a lot of other SEC programs. But, uh, again, that's, in my mind, a huge loss. Uh, But at the same time, I've I've been hearing rumblings for about a year and a half of of drama on the Arkansas coaching staff, so maybe you're losing some of that, which will end up being a positive. This is just such a critical offseason for Sam Pittman, and it's a reason why my eyebrows were raised. I know this is not – I've asked you about it, John, on my show about the contract extension with Sam Pittman and, and why that was the sticking point when all he said, he, he was at his dream job. He didn't care about how much he got paid. Now he wants this big deal. I think this is all hand-in-hand hand to where it adds pressure. It adds pressure to that job, and I think they, they really need to hit a home run here if they're going to have any similar success on defense like they had under Barry Odom. And w- one guy, not – not that I've heard this mentioned, but I'd make a call to Derek Mason who has got SEC experience and obviously was a head coach at Vanderbilt. He was at Auburn. He's a heck of a, a defensive mind, and I can't imagine working for Mike Gundy. is very much fun, so uh, I, I would think he would make that jump to Arkansas if they gave him a call.
2: Mike, any bowl games that are on your radar outside the college football playoff?
1: Well, obviously, being a Tennessee grad, I want to see what they look like against Clemson. I think it's a it's arguably the biggest Tennessee game uh, outside of maybe the Georgia game this year, Alabama game this year, but one of the biggest games in school history in the last decade or so. They need to find out what they have in Joe Milton. Uh, going up against that defense will be imperative. I want to see South Carolina, Notre Dame. I think that's an interesting game with South Carolina getting hot at the tail end of the season. Can they carry that over? Are they If they can win big against Notre Dame, you know, that's going to give them a ton of momentum. And maybe right there with all those, I know your fans are, are fired up about it, but Arkansas and Kansas in the Liberty Bowl, if things are, are not pressured enough for Sam Pittman after that Missouri loss, if they go out there and lay an egg to Kansas, um, I, I, don't, I cannot imagine what your show is going to be like for the next week or, or months months and going into the offseason. So it's not a must win, but it's one where I think they really need to get that so they don't have a losing record, so there's just not this horrible taste in Razorback fans' mouth all offseason long. So uh, Liberty Bowl, not often a, a big-time matchup, but I think it is for Arkansas this year.
0: As far as the transfer portal goes here in the SEC, has there been any major shocks to you as far as players leaving or, or players committed or anything like that in the conference?
1: Um, I mean, I think the biggest surprise to me, John, has been the number of players from Alabama had entered the portal because right now Alabama is I believe number four in the SEC and players that have jumped into the portal not that there's a ton of standouts there one of their starting offensive linemen that was kind of the biggest surprise but Arkansas Alabama and A&M those are three of your top four programs that have lost players to the transfer portal out of the SEC and all three of those Failed to live up to expectations this season. So, is it a negative that you got all these guys jumping into the portal? It could be a positive because in this, this transfer portal era, you can flip your roster in an off season. It's going to come down to who you bring in to replace those guys. We've seen it at LSU. We've seen it at Ole Miss. We've seen it at Tennessee. This this can get turned around in an off season, but it's imperative that you add the right pieces to make up for the losses you have. So I I think it's critical that Jimbo, Nick Saban, and Sam Pittman make the right moves in the transfer portal to fix the issues. Otherwise, uh, I I mean, it could be a very long season for any and possibly all three of those next season.
2: Georgia is one of those teams, on the other hand, they don't use the transfer portal as far as bringing players in. So we know that they're the national champions and they're in a hot recruiting bed, but How's Georgia able to do that when other teams? That's what they have to turn to for the most part. And Georgia, they don't worry about getting players from the transfer portal at all.
1: Well, I think it's a couple of things, Joe. I mean, obviously they they recruit as well, if not better, than anybody in the country. So their their roster's loaded. There's not holes on it really. Uh, they're winning, which cures all issues. They, they've lost one football game in two seasons, and uh, they're about to possibly win a back-to-back national championship and there's just not a lot of upgrades in the portal they could bring in that would uh, uh, help their roster so you combine all those factors they don't really need to utilize it even though they did try to add Caleb Williams last offseason imagine how good they'd be if they had Caleb Williams right now over Stetson Bennett going back to our Heisman talk but uh, Georgia just doesn't need to utilize it and I think the fact that they basically have an entirely new starting defense this season, and there's been minimal drop-off. The younger players that are not getting the reps now, they know their time will come, and they just stick it out. Georgia will utilize you. You're going to have success. You'll get to the NFL. There's really no no reason to, lo- to leave uh, Kirby Smart's program.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy, too, to uh, add in like what Georgia's doing, and then, of course, you add in a new coach like Hugh Freeze and looking at the, the current state with NIL and all of that. Like, it's just, it's a wild time that it's almost so hard to keep up with. And I know we keep talking about it, but do you see that there'll be any sort of changes or adjustments made, whether it's to the transfer portal or to NIL or anything like that? Because right now, all you college football national guys, you're, you're staying busy when usually this was a time to kind of scale back a little bit and relax until the bowl season happens. But now it's as busy as ever.
1: Right. The portal doesn't close for those that don't know till mid-January. So. <laughs> This is not going away anytime soon. Uh, luckily for me, though, I, I, like you said, it's, it's keeping keeping the conversation moving. So I'm thankful at least for that. But no, I mean at present time, I don't I don't know much that's going to change it. You throw in NIL into the mix that that's the biggest issue I think, John. I I don't mind it, but what I do mind, I hear from all these fan bases, players are confused about it, businesses are confused about it. They don't always know who to pay, how to get it done, how to make it legal. Uh, there's, they kind of just jumped into this thing without explaining it to anybody, and it's it's somewhat of a nightmare. And I'm even hearing that there are players leaving their roster, jumping into the transfer portal, and recruiting active players to do the same because they've got a manager or an agent that's making them all these promises, and they're getting all these NIL offers. So it, it's just a confusing time, and something's got to change because I don't know how, if we can continue to keep this up year after year.
0: Well, last one before I let you get out of here, we had a, a pretty fun discussion. I know AM fans came after me, too. I thought it was bad that A Chain was voted first team all SEC by the coaches and not Rocket Sanders. Do you agree with that, or could you see the point of why A Chain was voted first team?
1: Well, I cheated a little bit in my ballot, John, because there's running back and then there's all-purpose back, so I put Rocket as my running back, A-Chain as my all-purpose back, but, man, we're splitting hairs here. Uh, A&M obviously was a a train wreck on the field, but you can make the case, uh, the one player that wasn't was Devon A-Chain. I mean, he was all over the field. He was their best player far and away, but no, I, I can't put him over Rocket Sanders, who was just a dynamic player, should have led the SEC in rushing finish number two. Uh, I would take Rocket over Devon Archane, but, man, again, we're splitting hairs. I think they should only, not only be all SEC, I think they should both be All-American.
0: Well, there you have it, Michael Bratton of That SEC Podcast. As always, Mike, appreciate it. Have a fun, great weekend, dude, and we'll be catching up with you later, all right?
1: Absolutely.